You're listening to The Guardians of Sleep, a podcast produced by the Museum of Dreams. My name is Sharon Slabinski. In this first season, we partnered with the Museum of London to find out how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the dream life of people living in the British capital. In this episode, we hear from Kavita, a self-described free spirit born and raised in London. Like most of our dreamers, Kavita spoke with us from her home, but the wallpaper in her room gave the impression that she was in a beautiful garden, surrounded by a sea of orange and pink flowers. I'm Kavita, and I was born in London, been living here pretty much all my life. I've always been quite spiritual free-spirited and quite open-minded with how I believe things and I think I'm trying to learn more about my dream states and different experiences that I've had. I'm still learning and I'm still trying to explore what it is but I think from my current understanding and maybe my experience I feel like dreams are a window to our soul which I know sounds a bit dramatic but I really do feel that I honestly do I feel like it's Some dreams are definitely trying to get into our sort of unconscious. It's trying to bring that to the surface. Of all the people we spoke with, Kavita was perhaps the most introspective. She regularly reflects on her dreams as part of a process of self-examination. Although she admits being somewhat guarded about revealing all that goes on in her inner world. I've never really written my dreams down. I somehow tend to just remember them. There will be some dreams which I really want to hang on to and I want to remember the finer details, so I will write those dreams down. But I tend to just ponder over them. It depends. I do tend to think about what impact this has on my life. What does this mean for me? Why am I having such a dream? So, yeah, I do tend to be quite active with my dreams, even after I've had them, thinking about why I've had them. What does this mean now? (laughs) Is this a sign or... I'll often find myself searching some things if I've had a random dream or I'll be like, what does this mean? Kavita's curiosity about her dream life led her to join a social dreaming group last May. Social dreaming is a particular branch of group psychology. It was developed by Gordon Lawrence and his colleagues at the Tavistock Institute in the 1980s. The basic method is that the group treats their dreams as a shared resource. Personal meaning is set aside in favor of linking the content to current concerns in the social environment. The goal is really to make connections and discover new thoughts together as a group. And Kavita's involvement meant that she is particularly attuned to the relationship between her inner world and the social environment. Since last year in May, I've actually been part of a dream group study where we just meet each week and we discuss our dreams. And it's a very open-ended group, so you can just bring in whatever you want. With my group, for example, we've had often very similar dreams in the sense that I've had like dreams where there's a risk and it's kind of linked in with the virus, like there's a risk going on, there's something I'm running away from. Like a lot of war dreams, that's what's been coming up. This whole pandemic, well, for me, I've experienced it as being something extremely unpredictable, never imagined this would ever happen. It just seems out of the extraordinary. It's interesting how I've had a lot of dreams about concentration camps and things like from the past. A lot of dreams about survival. I had a dream once where I was really struggling to survive and I had to really think on my feet, how am I gonna survive through this? 
and it kind of linked in with this situation with the with the whole pandemic like we are kind of we're trying to survive a pandemic here we're thinking about rationing you know we haven't heard these terms in years and years and now we're talking about rationing again and we're talking about long queues and you know just so much Dreams display the porous relationship between social reality and our inner worlds. Shared cultural objects can become the furniture of our dream landscapes, like concentration camps and rationing. But how porous is this boundary between social reality and inner life? Sigmund Freud suggested that beneath the surface of any dream is an infinitely complex cluster of thoughts and ideas. And he compared this tangled mass of unconscious thoughts, out of which a particular dream emerges, to mycelium, the subterranean branching fungal colonies out of which mushrooms grow. It's a bit of a strange metaphor, but in a way it helps visualize how an individual dream, like a mushroom, draws from a shared strata of cultural life. One of Kavita's dreams vividly displayed this connection between inner life and social environment. In the dream, I'm in a church. It's a really beautiful church, really, really beautiful church. And in front of me, I'm seeing a few people coming into the church. It seems like it's basically a ceremony for someone's funeral. And the body is right at the front of the church in a coffin. And this gentleman is of black origin. I know in the dream that this person is, has been very well respected and people are really devastated that he has gone, he's passed away. And he's in this coffin and people are coming in and showing their respects and I'm just noticing that I'm hovering over and I'm watching people coming in and out and then I step out of this um, church. As I step out of this church, I enter this amazing, beautiful park. It's in London, I'm aware that it's in London. It almost reminds me of Regent's Park. I'm not sure if it is, but it's really beautiful. It's amazing. I come out and on my left, I see these beautiful trees and I see people having picnics, sitting outside. It's just so beautiful. The weather is absolutely amazing. And on my right, I see like a gate, but it's almost like a mini graveyard, but not a graveyard. It's like a remembrance kind of They've, they're paying respect to people that have passed away. And I'm going through them and I'm watching, you know, I'm seeing who, who is there. I notice um, someone from my own religion, which is Hindu, and I see a God that I actually, um, you know, believe in. And I see the God and I pay my respect. And I think, wow, this is amazing. Like I've managed to get some blessings here. Then I keep walking on and I see a few others. I can't remember though who they were. But I'm literally just strolling through this park, strolling through this park. And basically I come across a bench and I see a small little cute dog. It's really like cute, it's playing around. And I basically see Princess Diana sitting on a bench and she's just playing with the dog. And I'm just watching her. She can't see me, but I'm just basically watching her. And she's just so happy. She just seems so happy. Um, but yeah, and then I wake up. Kavita couldn't say exactly when she dreamt this dream, although it was at some point in the last year, a year dominated by the pandemic, of course, but a year that was also rocked by racial violence, from the spectacle murder of George Floyd to the more insidious forms that haunt the royal family. 
In Kavita's dream landscape, a black man's death was given a dignified setting. His passing was mourned. One could say that a larger social issue was given a unique treatment in Kavita's inner world. This transformative quality is one of the most powerful features of dream life. It's like we have a private stage where we're able to transform our experiences by giving them a new setting, a distinct emotional tone, a whole mise-en-scene. Freud referred to this process as the dream work. This is the way that the raw material of our lives is given a new shape in our dreams. Something horrific can be transformed into something dignified. Dream work is important because it's the primal means by which we make meaning. It's how we shape our experiences. It's like the ground zero for the freedom of thought. It's also the way that we process our most difficult emotional material. In Kavita's case, the dream brought her a profound sense of peace. I think the reason why I brought it up was because it was a dream. When I woke up, I felt very good. I don't know what it was. I felt very good. I felt very, even though it was some sad stuff going on in the dream. That's why I think I was feeling a bit conflicted. I was feeling initially a bit guilty, thinking, wait, I've just seen someone's funeral and why am I feeling so, you know. But there was something about this park, I think, that was making me feel satisfied. And I think that's why this dream has stayed with me. Being able to basically see a God that I really believe in, I think that was very almost like a blessing that I felt I had and then seeing Princess Diana that I've always looked up to. I think that's why this dream has really stayed with me. But I think reflecting upon it, there was something in the dream, I think, for me. I felt like the my take-home message from this dream was about how short and precious life is. Because I saw a lot of death. I saw a lot of, you know, this is how. Like, I was thinking about it myself, like, you know, one day where, but how am I going to be remembered? How will I be remembered in this world? Like. What am I going to, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? Am I even meeting my purpose here? You know, is there something I need to change in my life? Do I need to live more happily? You know, what is it that I need to do? Because just seeing Princess Diana there, smiling and happy with her dog, and that was all she needed, just a lovely park, some flowers, a pinch, and she was happy. And I thought, wow, it's the little things in life. Kavita has been able to make use of the transformative force of her dreams. Indeed, she's been able to harness it as a kind of mantra for her waking life. And by the end of the conversation, she felt comfortable enough to share some of her thoughts about dreams as a form of spiritual experience. I honestly do believe that dreams do have messages for us. They have some sort of meaning to us. I like to play around with dreams. I like to also believe that we can change outcomes in dreams so for example if we do have a very anxiety provoking dream a technique that I've been doing which we've learned in the group is to change the ending change it to what you would like it to be and I think that's been really interesting and I just feel yes you do have dreams but you also have control in your waking life as well but yeah with, with the whole spirituality I think thing I think it's just more that I have had quite a few different spiritual experiences where I've had like, I've had one experience which was extremely scary, but it was interesting. It was an out of body experience I had, which was a weird thing looking back down at your body. It was just really weird. 
basically my father had recently passed away then and I remember when I went it was weird because I went I came out of my body I went out of my room and down the stairs I see my dad standing there and it was a really scary experience and he was literally dressed in his young self in his healthy form because when he passed away he was overweight he was very unhealthy but he showed me in he he's fine it was almost like he's showing me I'm all right I'm well don't worry and he was wearing one of his favorite jackets which is really weird and I think as soon as I I think I got scared or something but the next thing I remember is I wake up I literally jolt I feel I felt a jolt in my body it was really weird but I think the reason why I'm very guarded about talking about these things sometimes is because people can be quite skeptical and they might not believe me so I think sometimes I just keep that quite yeah. guarded Listening to this young woman speak feels a bit like an exercise in mindfulness. A reminder that our mind is our most valuable resource, indeed our first medium, our primary means of mediating our experience of life. The world can be so chaotic and it's easy to forget that we even have an inner world, a mind which we rely upon for emotional stability within ourselves and in our relationships with others. Kavita reminds us that dream life matters. It matters both for the individual, but also for our shared social and political lives. The Guardians of Sleep aims to amplify the work of dreaming. We hope to provide a platform for people to share the things they have trouble expressing otherwise and to create a space where we might learn to listen to each other anew. Thank you for joining us. This season of The Guardians of Sleep is produced by the Museum of Dreams in partnership with the Museum of London and Birkbeck's Department of Psychosocial Studies. The podcast is edited by Aaron McIndoe Sproul with music by Andrew Braun. 